0: Yeah. Tonight on Live at the Honeycomb, we feature new Hive 718526 act, Pollinator. Yeah, you been touching basting We drop the latest banger from Hive 4267 upcomers, Buzz Cars. Look at all the honey I just made, I've vomited it out for you. And we give a listen to the new album, Return of the Proboscus, by the masters of Honeycomb Step themselves, Thorax. Oh, I got some honey on the back bucket. I got sticky sticky honey. Buy in my from back- the honeycomb on triple Z. Welcome to Honey, I'm Home, the first Australian podcast for anyone who wants to get into beekeeping. My name is Jai Smith and joining me, as always, is Ben, the beekeeper jury. <laughs> Thanks, Jai. That's nice. Yeah. Awesome. Hi. I think originally when we started talking about this podcast, it was like, let's go record an episode, then take the kids out yeah. and like see what they do. But I'm really glad it happened the other way where we got a chance to take school kids yeah. to your hives in your home yeah. because I didn't really understand it at all. Like, yeah. I'm like... I think I want a beehive. Yeah. I don't really know why I want one, but it just seems like the right thing to do for me and, like, for the planet. But what's your story? How, how did you get into this? How did I get into bees? How did we end up talking about
1: getting into bees? Oh, it's a, it, that's, a, <laughs> that's, a, that's an interesting path. Should we go down there? Um, I, I guess um, I was thinking about this. I've always been a curious curious thinker, and I know that sounds kind of odd to describe yourself that way, but when I think back to um, my journey and how I ended up in bees, it wasn't the linear one that you would think. Yeah. So we, we bought a house in a pretty you know leafy suburb, and my wife Julia is is really into her gardens. And um, part of what we did is we put in a, you know, a veggie patch, and uh, we didn't have the world's best uh, produce one year, and right. <laughs> uh, we jumped right into figuring out what was going on, uh, you know. And at the same time, I was deeply into a uh, website called Kickstarter. Do you, yeah. You familiar with yeah. Kickstarter? And uh, there was. I guess a coincidence at the time uh, a, a person called Cedar Anderson launched uh, a, a revolutionary, and I might get kicked for saying that because a lot, <laughs> of, um, a lot of beekeepers have got other adjectives to describe his uh, invention, but uh, the Flow Hive was launched and yep. in that I guess it sparked a, a, a an interest in me and um, purely because it was a, a take on something that had been around for so long. I was about to
0: say, like, how does anyone revolutionise a beehive? Haven't beehives been around forever?
1: Or? Yeah, yeah. Like, if you look back into the history, and I'm sure there's you know, better people to speak of it than me, but um, I am reading a, a story at the moment around, you know, how how that working partnership came about. Yep. And, you know, it's been around for thousands of years. But uh, the the current standard, I guess, design, um, has been around for a while, and that's uh, all come about because they discovered how much space was needed between frames. Right, So that the bees weren't uh, building too much cross comb, and it was less uh, disruptive to take uh, frames out and substitute them in. Um, But what cedar did, and um, his
0: name's cedar, and he makes
1: beehives. I'm just pointing out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, were they made out of cedar? (laughs) You know what? His first lot were, and and to be honest, they're also uh, what I think are the best lot that he's made. But um, no the the, yeah. So I I guess he looked at it with his. um, his father and they were beekeepers and, you know, his father's father were beekeepers or whatever. Like there's probably some some really cool story there. But um, I think what upset him with the way in which, you know, the status quo was, it uh, was quite disruptive to get honey out or to, um, you know, take any of the produce. So right. in doing that and, like, you saw how easy it was in the weekend to get the yeah. honey out of our hives. Um, he thought that that wasn't, you know, the the right way of doing it and set about trying to invent something that was different. So, you know, the and curious thinker in the flow hive, yeah. So that's called right. the flow hive. Um, the curious thinker in me was like, "Well, that sounds really cool." And um, you know, obviously having that problem around uh, our lackluster produce garden, the, the jury's going hungry. Yeah, it, yeah, we we were, yeah. Well, put a lot of effort into things, but there just wasn't a lot of um, produce coming off. But you know, rightly or wrongly, uh, we ended up jumping in there, and it. You know, I was hooked, mate. Like it was the catalyst to go deeper into something, and yeah, uh, that's that. You know, it's me describing myself as a curious thinker, but you know, you launch straight into you know reading texts or books and yeah. asking questions. And you know, one of my friends who you've met as well, Dan, um, his father was a beekeeper, and right. he had kind of always been uh, interested in doing something in that space as well. So you know, when I started talking about it at the pub, yeah, um, he started talking about it as well and uh you know there's a whole heap of history around the flow hive and how that how that went in terms of its success
0: well yeah i got messages as soon as they posted those couple of hives from and i didn't realize that yeah. people started you know it's like this secret nerd cult that no one talks oh, it's about massive, And there
1: yeah. was, i had the flow 1.0 and yep. all this stuff yep. and, yeah, was, yeah, so i was a i was a foundation supporter i was one oh, of the first uh, people yep. to jump on board but um <laughs> you know good good on me no so yeah you're right like it's I don't know. It's kind of enamoured a whole bunch of people to you know to do something different, to to think differently. And for me, um, in what I do as a teacher, um, it's a story that I use in the classroom with my kids around looking at something that's established or you know something that has been around for a long time mm. and uh, not accepting it at face value, but kind of poking a little bit deeper and seeing if there's you know opportunities to look and explore it further. Yeah, so, yeah. Like Flow Hive is. Um, I mean, it's one of many and, and as you'll learn with <laughs> this podcast, talking to some of the experts and some of the more established beekeepers, uh, there's, you know, there's always different opinions around uh, how best to manage your bees yeah. um, <laughs> and certainly Flow Hive has, because of the attention it's got, mm. certainly got um, critics as well. Yeah, as it's always critics. Yeah. But look, from my perspective, having that hooked me in um, and it's certainly just been the start of the story, yep. you know, and, and learning about bees and and uh, you know how to manage bees or keep bees, and you know say that in inverted commas. But yeah. um, it's it's the beginning of a journey. Like it, I yeah was hooked. <laughs> I'd like to say I was stung by a bee, and that that'd be really really. <laughs> yeah, fun. I thought but you yeah. had some Spider-Man, yeah.
0: like origin story where yeah, a bee no. stung you
1: and you forgave it, but yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, can we we press rewind and go again? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, we just like
0: I'm still as green as any 12 yeah. year old at your school. Yeah. So when you're talking about anyone to bees, and I remember the first time we had a conversation. Yeah, like yeah. you know I'm into bees, right? Yeah. And I'm like, I thought you were. <laughs> yeah. What What are the What are the foundation things that people need to know? Like, why should they get into it? Why should their kids get into it? And then let's get into how, like, because I think that's the big yeah. Question.
1: Okay. I mean, one of the reasons that we brought it to school was a similar a similar problem if you will or challenge we had an established kitchen garden program so one of the things in our school that absolutely all of our surveys and data said that kids were loving and the community was loving was this kitchen butt garden program where we would be planting produce we'd be taking the harvest and the kids would be um you know turning that into recipes that they would then on share to our school and the community in in, in general um part of that is obviously pollination and yeah. and to get you know produce out of the garden um A lot of the plants that you're putting in require pollination of some sort. Um, A big proportion of that is insect pollination and, you know, the big proportion of insect pollination is honeybees or European honeybees but also uh, some native native bees as well. So, I mean, we brought that on because the kids uh, wanted to increase the produce in the garden uh, but also because they had identified through, you know, I think it was a... A couple of years ago, there was some big storytelling around in the media about the declining bee populations across um, the world, and um, you know it happened to be around that colony, colony. I can't even speak now. Colony collapse disorder in Mm -hmm. America. So there was some, you know, quite high-profile documentaries coming out, and the kids were interested, and the parents were also attuned to that. So uh, when that idea came up around uh, providing that pollination, um, we, we hooked ourselves right in. But, yep. um, you know, I, 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 again, am not the expert on, you know, the many different facets that bees bring to the biodiversity of, you know, um, you know our environment, but I certainly can see firsthand mm. uh, the work that they do in quite a broad area yeah. around each of those hives. So, um, you know, and like, <laughs> like you saw on the weekend, we've got um, two hives in our backyard. And they're European honey beehives, but we've also got a, a native beehive as well. And uh it's it's quite fun for my little man, yep. Um, for little Frankie to get out and to find the bees in the garden. And he's maybe it's his eyesight, maybe mine's fading in my old age. <laughs> but he, he like Dead said he's Yeah. <laughs> right. I don't know. When you see Frankie running around, I, I know feel you really feel old. Long, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like he spots them from um, you know, a mile away and it's it's this this joy and satisfaction mm. um, to watch them doing their thing and to for us to be kind of part of that yeah. um, part of that process. Yeah.
0: So uh, and I need to know this. Yeah. how how do you get into bees? what like what are the bare basics you need to know? Like so what what's in a hive? What goes into it? Where do you set it up? I know there are different type of bees now. I yeah. didn't even really know there were different type of bees. I don't know it's yeah. silly but No, I no, no I mean
1: why would you? Like it's the type of thing that unless you're uh you know you're you're aware of, then you know it's blissful ignorance, isn't yeah. It? But look, there's there's thousands of different um, species of bees. Right. Um, the one that you would be familiar with, and most people are familiar with, is the European honeybee. Um, it's you know on all of the cartoons, and it's on <laughs> all of the uh, it's it's the the honey that you buy at the stores. Um, and that's that's the the I guess the the species that most people would be familiar with. What do you need to get started? Obviously, um, uh, I have to encourage you to, you know, listen to podcasts. No, <laughs> no, no. Um, <laughs> grab, grab, grab that information. In in New South Wales and where we are, uh, there's uh, registration requirements. And oh, really? Um, yeah, there is. Oh. So you've got to register your hives, and it's important to do that because uh, it's it's a meshed network. So if you know somebody is able to find some sort of um you know a sick sick colony or, uh with some sort of pest then uh the the registration process allows that information to be um spread so that if there is any detrimental uh nasties out there uh, it can be somewhat contained yeah, okay. um but yeah so like a hive uh access to bees which can be a variety of ways. So one of the hives that you saw at my house um, was one that I purchased from a beekeeper, a a local beekeeper. We purchased a nuke, which I think I might have explained to you or or maybe it came up in that conversation on on the weekend. It's essentially like a a working family that had been um, split. These are all words I guess I'm going to have to explain, aren't I? Yeah. So so they're – like it's a small family, so it's a starter family. Nucleus for nuclear family. Nuc, nu- yeah, nucleus hive. So uh, queens, baby bees, brood, uh, worker bees, um, foragers, and and maybe not at that stage, but um, the boy bees, the yeah. drones, perhaps are in that that family. And you purchase that, um, and you take that home, and you give them a slightly bigger box to live in. Yeah. So often the nucleus hive can be in like a core flute, you know, or even a you know a small wooden box, yeah. and it's. Yeah, just like a I don't know, like just a start a family, yeah. take it home, give them a bigger box and yeah. um, you know, keep that cycle of uh keeping an eye on them and making sure that they've got enough uh project, uh sorry uh enough resources around where their hives are and watching them grow and grow and grow and get bigger and bigger and bigger. There's other ways you can do it. Yeah. Um the other hive that I have at home was uh effectively a, a court swarm. So yeah. I think we we might have mentioned that and one of the kids was kind of more interested in telling a story about them, yeah. So we didn't go too deep into it. But a, a swarm is a, a natural process. So a colony of bees, whether they they're living in a tree or whether they're living in someone's um, hive, uh, their innate, uh, you know, mission is to, uh, you know, I guess, what's the word, breed and spread yeah. their their genetics. So. When a hive is doing well uh, and the conditions are right, uh, half of that hive, and this is the thing where there's a lot of, um, you know, uh, not misinformation, but it's not quite sure if it's the queen that establishes the fact that um, they need to, the, the, the conditions are right, or if it's the colony that establishes it. <laughs> yeah. But something happens. <laughs> and at one point uh, the workers are putting the queen on a bit of a diet because when the queen's uh, in her full, you know, full laying mode, she's quite heavy and and weighty and uh, to swarm she needs to be able to fly. So they they put her on a diet and uh, they start raising up new queens. Right, right. Yeah, and, you know, on the right time, at the right place, (laughs) somehow the message gets across and uh, the queen leaves the hive and takes with her about half the population. Uh, And they just stick
0: together. I think that was the thing I was trying to get my head around is that when you followed the swarm, you literally find – like a, a new, I guess it's a new nucleus
1: of bees. Yeah, that's right. Just
0: on somebody else's land.
1: It potentially or on your land. But, yeah, yeah so uh, the way it worked for that hive that we it were talking like about. sounds like you're just burgling people's Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <like> <laughs> just, just keeping an eye yeah, out there. Creepy
0: Ben over the, yeah. like, over the fence again yeah. telling us he's looking for his bees. That's right. Hold
1: on, Ben, have you lost? It's kind of like a puppy dog that's gone yeah. uh, on a We found Ben in our backyard yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, look, they they fly off. So the queen will fly off and where she lands um the the bees are quite attuned to her pheromone. Mm-hmm. So which is, you know, like a scent that she puts out. Um as soon as she lands.
0: Well those things you buy in the uh, pub toilets that you can wipe all over yourself. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah that's it. Yeah. Uh well she, she must have a good one. <laughs> a really strong one. Because <laughs> the thousands of bees that are literally just flying around. It's it's the most incredible sight. Um maybe not so much if you weren't aware that, yeah. you know, they're not a you know a an imminent threat. They're not. Yeah. They're not looking to attack anyone or anything like that. Um, so this
0: literally is like a swarm of bees flying somewhere. Yeah, yeah. like I, I don't know and if it you read that. Yeah, and
1: this is this is um, this is the thing. You, you know, I'm sitting at home and you can hear the the hive change noise, and you can see the thousands of bees in the air. And within a matter of minutes, um, those bees have picked up where the queen has landed, and they, I guess, they pull around them uh, around the queen to, I guess, protect her a little and to, to, to keep each other warm and um, they, they're just literally hanging out. Yeah. so And while they're in that, that swarm state, uh, they're sending out scout bees to try and mm-hmm. find their new home where they're going to, um, I guess, you know, establish their new colony yeah. or, you know, their new hive. But um, in that case, I was watching it and I happened to see it land not, you know, I didn't see the queen bee, I'm not that clever with my eyesight. I've already covered that. But you can notice the, the bees kind of flocking to a, a branch. Um and it was kind of a bit of a, a coordination effort of making sure Frankie was okay and yep. you know getting over and, and shaking them. I down. guess we should
0: explain if Frankie's only nineteen months old. Yeah, that's so. right. Yeah, yeah.
1: Just this little kid roaming around in yeah. the middle of this bee swarm. Like literally like I'm I'm putting washing on the line and just all of a sudden the you know, the the noise that happens yeah. when they, they swarm out is um something you you know, you pick up. Yeah. It's just a different tone and, yeah. and before long, you know, there's a cloud of bees in the sky and then wow. they land and it's, it's the most incredible thing. And, you know, that's not the only swarm I've caught. When you get into beekeeping, like I said, you, you fall deeply for it yep. and um, I'm on swarm catcher lists. Oh. There's such a thing. <laughs> and uh, we've, I've gone off and helped um, collect swarms from, uh, you know, other areas. Yep. Um, one of the hives at school actually was from a swarm, Right adjacent to a preschool. So they had the, you know, the joy of watching these thousands of bees kind of land on a branch and then they were like a little bit worried so they yep. called up and checked out the names and I was the one that, the, to respond and we went and caught it. And yep. It's been um, a happy, healthy colony ever since. Uh, we just removed them from the preschool and took them to a primary school. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they graduated one step.
1: Yeah, that's right, yeah.
0: So what, you know, I think for anyone listening in terms of you know some steps. You know you kind of talked about the registration. You talked yep. about it, you know lightly on the types of hives, access to bees, kind of the uh, the nucleus of bees as well, and yep. kind of you know that swarm and swarming effect. Are there anything? Is there anything else fundamental that people need to to know or realize about bees before they get into it?
1: I mean, probably the most important thing, although the the particularly uh, hardy is making sure that where you place them is a really good environment for them. So, I mean there are. These aren't particularly fussy in terms of where they, um, you know, where they've been known to, to find a home. Um, Letterboxes boxes is, really? is one? yeah or like uh, you know, the Telstra pits, there's often hives um, that will establish themselves in there. There's obviously some criteria that they're looking for in that um, they typically like a very small entrance, et etc. They like to um, have it um, so that they can regulate the temperature, so fairly airtight cavities. Um, but but the home or where you think is a good spot to to house a hive is important to kind of check out. They, there needs to be, you know, like a, enough variation in the environment so that there's um, access to nectar and, and pollen and, you know, water. But typically in Australia we're, we're quite blessed to have um, all of those things in most of the places uh, and our climate is not um, – Nearly as challenging for the bees as you know other more dramatic swings of temperature. So like our winter where we live uh, isn't so much of a uh, a downtime for them collecting nectar as it would be if you know right. it's snowing, yeah. or, you know things well. like that. But um, you know and and registration a hive access to bees checking out where you are and then um, you know a passion and interest to to kind of pursue that because. Uh, they're, they're not to be thought of like a pet um, and the more you learn about them, the more you realise that there's, um, there's things that you don't know yeah. and there's still things that people, you know, much cleverer than I, who have spent a lot longer than I learning about bees, um, still don't know. But, um, yeah, you know, I mean that's half the fun, you know, kind of yeah. looking into them and trying to, um, to, to figure out why they're doing what they're doing and, you know, helping them if you can, or if it's needed along the way. Yeah. And I guess that's
0: what we're going to do through this podcast. Is you know, you know, we're going to talk about a lot for the case for bees on environmental level, environmental level. You know, definitely the different types of bees. Yeah. You know, that was already fascinating talking yeah. to kids about that. Yeah, how to pick a hive. I think that'll be a big one. Yeah. Um, backyard prep and yeah, you know, like yeah, what, what types of you know backyard. even like
1: which way to face it and you yeah, know, how far away from the fence have you talked to your neighbors? All of those things. Yeah. You know, without. You know kind of doing your groundwork you could end up in quite a big hole because these bees <laughs> are, are obviously uh, quite a, a feature mm-hmm. but if if they're not well placed they can it can be as confusing to them if you are to move them you know a meter one way because they geolocate themselves so you want to make sure that you've got all of these things well thought through before you plonk them in your backyard definitely
0: uh, and then I think we'll get on to queens and the different Things you need to know about queens. That was really interesting. Yeah. Uh, where to get bees? The different registrations and clubs. You know, doing your first brood check. Um, again, how to develop a, a bee friendly garden. I'm just reading off a big list that we pulled together. Here. Yeah. And getting your first honey, which I think we'll talk about now with the the kids. Yeah, so yeah. We'll just pop over and
1: hear from them. <laughs> have a listen. Yeah. Cool. So what I'm doing is I've got a picture of a brood frame. So that the brood is what we call baby bees. So there's lots of different bees on here. Yeah, I'm okay. Thousands of bees, right? But on nice there is queen. a queen. There's a there is one queen on there. I
0: think I already
1: found it. Okay. What do you think you can see that makes that bee particular? What is it that makes it particular? It's can you pro- have a look? it's probably gonna be bigger than the others. You are bang on. The queen is bigger than the others. I think I can see it. Try and point it around. Tell me what your point is. Yeah, so there is a big bee there, and now Jai doesn't know this stuff either, so I have to teach Jai. So there are big bees in the hives. There's three types of bees, right? One is called a worker bee, and that's a girl what? bee. Okay, they do all of the jobs. They do the cleaning. They do the feeding. They go and collect um, pollen and nectar. They also help like sick bees, like nurse bees. So they're the worker bees. There's another bee that's a boy bee, okay? It's called a drone. Like Can you guys ants. say that?
0: Like ants again.
1: Is an ant is a boy bee and an ant called a drone? Well, there you go. What a cool thing. But the drone, that's one that you just pointed out there. So that big, bigger, kind of musclier-looking bee is a boy bee, and it's called a drone. Now, the queen is even bigger than a drone bee. Have another look. I'll give you a clue. It's down in this section of the photo down here somewhere. Can you see a really long-looking... I can. Can yeah. you point it out for me, Sydney? That one? Well, come a little bit lower. I'm finding it hard to see I as well. See it. Can you see it? Yeah. Have a look down here. Can you see this orange-looking no, one here? Oh, yeah. Oh, that one. Yeah. So that one there is called... That's the queen. There's only one of those types of bee in the hive. You don't have to put your hand up, Hudson. We're, we're just sitting at the table. You can talk to me, mate. So in the hive that we'll go in today, there might be somewhere between twenty and 30,000 bees but only one of them will be a queen. So have a really good look at what the queen looks like. So the queen has a stinger, but she doesn't sting humans because um, she uses her stinger just to fight other queens off when they first hatch out of their cell. Um, But the drone bees, remember the big muscly ones that we found over here? They don't have stingers. They don't have stingers. And, you know, a drone bee's job is actually to be quite lazy in the hive. So the worker bees actually have to feed the drone bee. Like in the- has to clean the drone bee. Have to do everything, really. Drone bees are, like, super lazy so when there's not enough honey in the hive, do you know what the worker bees, the girls do? They kick out all the boys. They kick them out of the hive because they don't do anything for them. Yeah, That's not entirely true. They do one job, but when things aren't that good in a hive and there's not a lot of honey around, they don't want to uh, keep them around. So, it's pretty cool. But, what we're going to do today, do you want to do a couple of things down there? One, I need to try, I need some helpers. I need you guys to really help me find a queen because I'm a little bit worried about one of my hives. Because last time I went into the hive, I did an inspection, which is a fancy word for I had a look inside the hive. Two weeks ago, there was no queen. So I put a special type of cell. So in here, do you see all of these little holes that are hexagonal? You know the hexagonal ones? The cells. They're cells. There's thousands of cells on each side of these frames, right? And there's a special one that um, the bees use to raise a queen. It's called a queen cell. It actually looks a little bit like a peanut. Have you guys ever seen like a long, like a peanut? Yeah. So these ones are nice and neat, and they're all worker bee cells. So they're all going to hatch out to be worker bees. But the queen cell that I put in this hive was really long, okay? kind of looks kind of, I guess it's the size of your finger. That's how long the queen is when you find her. Would you like some honey? Yes. We yes. yeah? yes. don't, don't have to get honey if you don't want to. I, just, you do? I do, You do? Do you want to do that? And then we'll get all suited up. So when we go into a beehive, we're going into their home, so we have to be really gentle and careful. It's are kind of like dress- if I went into your home and are came gonna- in and ripped you around, you'd be really upset. Are we so dress we're going up, to be really calm. Are we going
0: to dress up as bees?
1: Kind of. You know, have you ever seen, like, a bee suit? You know those big white bee suits that you put a, a like a yeah. it's got a veil around your face. Yeah. Have you ever been in one of them? Mm-hmm.
0: No, never been in one. That no. I've
1: seen them. So yeah. that's what we're going to get no, dressed no, up as. My
0: just got it. Did it
1: from shaking your head? Yeah. That's okay because I know that your head's still attached. Is it still attached? No. It's
0: yeah. It's not it's ripped off. Yeah, it's ripped off.
1: off. <laughs> All right. So what else? What else do you guys need to know? Not a lot. Let's just go and see if we can find a queen. Let's go and get some honey first, and I'll show you what the bees look like. Let's go. You keen? Yes. Try you keen? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Do you want to go and get some honey out of the far one? Now, here's a rule, and you have to remember this rule. We never walk in front of a hive. Why is that? Have a guess, Sydney. Uh, Well, potentially, they may sting you, but the, the front of the hive is kind of like a road. So we don't want to stand on the middle of the road because you get run over. It's the same thing with a hive. If you stand in the front of the front of a hive, you might not get run over by a bee, but it's more than likely going to bump into you. And if it bumps into you, it might get stuck. And if it gets stuck, it might freak out. Yeah. And what do you think happens if it freaks out while it's stuck on you? Yeah, yeah it's probably going to sting you. So we just don't walk in front of the hive. So we're going to walk around the back of the hive, and we'll get the honey out of the far hive. So that one over there definitely has about thirty to forty thousand uh, bees in it. <laughs> 40,000, so think of, you know, like, uh, yeah, so think of, like, um, (laughs) think of, like, you know, the Newcastle Knights Stadium, are you guys fans of Newcastle Knights, rugby league, football? Um, State of Origin. Okay, think of State of Origin, think of the last game they played in Sydney, if that hive was absolutely at capacity, so you can get up to about 50,000 bees in a really big hive, you'd be close to the amount of people there, sorry? Yeah, what do you think they're doing, Paige? What do you think the bees that are flying away are doing? Let's try and sting things. Well, well, they try not to. Do you know what happens when they sting a thing? What? They, they die. die. So they don't like stinging things. Yeah. Well, without a stinger, without out that part of the body, they die. So if they're not flying away to sting things, what are they flying away to do? To get nectar. To get nectar. Yep. And or pollen. So or water. They might be going to get water. Now, Frankie's just rolled up with his lawnmower, but uh, they'll be all around. So you might have seen them in your garden before you came over. So they are these are foragers. They're called foragers. And he shouldn't walk in front of the hive. So if he gets close, we'll get him away. Frankie, do you want to show them where we get the honey from? You lead the way. Come on, we'll go around the back of the hive and we'll lead the way. Come on, let's go. Just be careful with it. I don't want you getting whacked with Frankies. What are, the, what are the tools you've got? So these are. this is a special hive. It's called a flow hive. So uh, traditionally, beehives, to get the honey out of, you take frames away from the beehive, you rip off the wax capping and you spin out the honey. These hives have a special type of honeycomb, I guess plastic honeycomb structure, that breaks in half and the honey trickles down like a trough. So Franky has a tool that helps us, it's like twisting a tap. It's pretty cool. Well, you, you'll see, you'll, you'll be blown away, honestly.
0: No, I just thought it was funny that Frankie, your son, is going to open it up. Now, how old how old's, Frankie? old's
1: Frankie? Not this go to the far high,
0: buddy. How old's Frankie again?
1: Frankie's 19 what?
0: 19. 19 months.
1: months.
0: But he's the one that's leading away
1: with right? bunch of With a no, pants. Yeah. no pants. <laughs> we'll just make sure he stays well away from the food. Do you want me to get him in? No, no, he's all right. He can sure. come here. I'm, yeah. I was just joking, around. So. Do you guys, Hudson and, and crew, do you want to come around the back here and I'll show you the inside? Now, just that's right, Frankie, he's very keen. Just wait a second. So, this is a special hive, right? And it's got a whole heap of windows we can look into without us having to disturb the bees. So, you see this stuff here? Yeah. This yeah. is all honey, right? And it's honey because uh, the bees have taken Hello. nectar and <coughs> done their special <coughs> trick.
0: <coughs> yeah. We can't open
1: them up because they might. Now hold on, Hudson. Did you hear what Hudson said? He's right. They regurgitate the nectar that they collect from the flowers, and they regurgitate them and and pass them on to other bees. But it's not like a vomit, like in humans, because they have a special stomach for that. Yeah. So it's kind of like they're handing over, uh, like a package. Yeah, Hudson, I'm really impressed, dude. So this is the one that we'd like to get the honey out of. No. Why do you think, Paige, this is the one that we're going to get the honey out of? Because it's got lots of honey it's in it. It's got the most in it, right? And I know that that one is ready to go.
0: I want to see the other one.
1: Yep, we will. Frankie. How did you work that out? How do I know it's got the most? Yeah. Probably from the angle I'm sitting. You right. can see that it's got all uh, wax cappings on the cells. Also, last time I was in here, I, I cheated <laughs> and I made sure that this one was the one that was the fullest. Heaviest, fullest, and capped. So a bee puts a lid on its honey cell when it's ready and it's got the right amount of water in it. So uh, is that
0: how you get the honey? This is how
1: we get the honey. I'm not getting it. Somebody else is going to help me do this, okay? So we put it in here. Ready? And we're just gonna start it. Who Frankie, do you want to help? You can spin this and we'll show them how to do it. Ready? Twist that round, twist, crack. Okay, now wait. Can you see what's happening here? No. So watch slowly as this trickles down. See the honey? It's going to trickle down into that trough, yeah. out of our pipe and down into our jar. Can you see it starting to go now? Yeah, I can. Yeah. Yeah? So out comes the honey.
0: So, yeah, Saturday was a lot of fun. <laughs> You've just heard back. It's been a second for us, for everyone else. It's been a few minutes, but... Look, Ben, I think we're gonna have a lot of fun doing this podcast, and uh, you know, hopefully, people learn from something, and we do some good for some families and for the world. Well, no, no
1: pressure, but yeah, no, be fun.
0: <laughs> no, thank you very much, Ben. I'm just gotta say goodbye at some point. Right, no worries. See <laughs> so you guys. Talk to you soon. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Please support the show by rating us on your podcast app, subscribing, and sharing with a friend. To get honey, hives, or your hive serviced, contact Benjamin Jury on Instagram at The Humble Hive Collective. Special thanks to Rob Peters for the creative, voiceover, and sound design on our special edition episode ads. Find out more about Rob by visiting robpeters.org. Artwork by Gene Heaton. Podcast produced by me, Jai Smith, who you can find at Jai Smith on Instagram and Twitter, or connect with us on Facebook at Your Good Get Better, the home for all our creative work.